Today, I'm from A to Ziggy. Betty? Wrong. Welcome to From A to Ziggy. This is the podcast in which we listen to every single David Bowie song in alphabetical order. My name is Thomas. And I am Travis. And today we're talking about Betty Wrong from Tin Machine 2, 1991. So the last time we talked about a song on this album, it was Baby Universal. And I kind of jumped on the bandwagon of, yeah, Tin Machine 2 is lame. Um, even though I'd only really heard the one song. I was like, okay, I can see why people would think that Tin Machine 2 is not great. Um, right. But I have to apologize to Tin Machine 2 because I like this song. This is a good song. This is like pretty straightforward late 80s, early 90s radio rock. It's a solid kind of blues rock yeah. number. Yeah. But with a really hooky chorus, yeah. too. Uh, yeah, I like the la-la-las, the, the o-o-o's. Those are good. Yeah. Those are good for the radio. It's weird. So I listened to it, and I was like, oh, this is pretty toned down for Tin Machine. Due to my, you know, based on my exposure to the other Tin Machine songs we've done. Which I think is like our fourth or fifth. Yeah, I think it's like our fifth Tin Machine song, I think. And most of those kind of, you know, there's a lot of feedback, a lot of, um, a lot of reverb, just everything is... Just a lot going on, and this is yeah, a lot less, lot less chaotic, and just very straightforward, easily digestible. But then, of course, I find out after I start reading up on the song that naturally they decided to take it and make like this eleven-minute, super like overindulgent, bloated. The live version, like the live version, yeah. yeah. Which I did, you know, and even that I still kind of liked. It, it was kind of endearing at that point that like, yeah, of course they took this really basic pop rock song and gave it this like concept jazz breakdown in the middle. And yeah, that's a yeah. very, that's a very Bowie touch. I feel <laughs> it's like. a very Bowie touch. Uh, just taking, taking this pretty straightforward blues song. And what they do is they basically just play the song right all the way through. And then, so there's like this longer buildup, like some really good blues soloing with a little bit of sax laid over it and then it kind of goes into the song and then in the middle you know the rest of the band kind of plays this like low like jazzy yeah background and bowie just goes for it on sax just goes absolutely it's, it's um yeah lots of very high pitch yeah like, avant-garde sure. yeah. sax um that kind of reminded me of when i went to this open mic over the summer so the woman that hosts it it's really cool woman. She's a comedian slash avant-garde musician in the area. And she had one of her friends that she plays with do like a couple little music sets to like break it up. It was mostly just like stand-up comedians. And he literally just like wailed into this um, clarinet that was just held up against a plastic plate and just like hunched over on the floor, like in the fetal position, just like going at it on this clarinet. <laughs> and for some reason that saxophone solo kind of brought it back to me. Brought that back into mind and kind of gave me a chuckle. Huh. Yeah, there's a lot of weird uh, conceptual uh, theories about playing wind instruments. Like I, I saw this, uh, one of the professors in the music department at my, at, in school did this whole show. He and all of his students performed like sax using, just by just blowing in, blow, or, or no, it was flute. They were playing flute by just blowing, blowing into it without, without, actually making it resonate so it was you just hear, heard the the natural tone of the instrument with a whole lot of breath <laughs> it just basically sounded like blowing into a tube but deliberately and yeah not not because you don't know how to play the flute apparently you know how to play the flute so well that you sound like you don't know <laughs> how to play the flute yeah that's 
Actually, my uh, my girlfriend's old roommate went to school for tuba. She's a very talented tuba player, and then like plays in a lot of these like avant-garde woodwind bands. Yeah, and yes, it, it it really is like you have to be so talented to just make it sound like you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, and then you could tell people they just don't get it. Yeah, theoretically, there are people in the audience who get it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm digging myself into a hole here because, uh, yeah. Because I don't, I, I don't, I, don't I, fa- I generally fail to get it. And then I kind of have to be like, oh, I get it. So I don't look like the stupid person in the room who likes pop music. Yeah, <laughs> right. But onto the, onto the uh, rock band. Onto the rock band. band. Uh, yeah, so there's that long sax uh, interlude, basically, yeah. in, in the live version. And then it comes back into being. And then after that, there's another, rock song. Yeah. there's another, and Reeves Cabrales does his solo. Yeah. And closes it out. Yeah. Which is a much more thorough solo than on the on the album version. Yeah. I mean, there's one part where he's, I guess he's soloing a little bit over the chorus. Yeah. In a kind of very Reeves Cabrell's way. But other than that, it's just very, like, punctuations of just, like, loud, distorted, like, one or two notes. Right. Um, underneath the, the lead riff. Which kind of... The lead riff reminds me a lot of um, Every Breath You Take by The Police. So that's the... Uh, that's, that's the Puff Daddy song. Yes, that's the Puff Daddy song. <laughs> Um, the stalker song. Yeah. The stalker song that everyone picks to play at their wedding because no one listens to lyrics ever. So another song where it's pretty. Yeah. But the words are pretty dark. Yeah. Uh, kind of like. Which kind of like this song. Kind of like Betty Wrong. Kind of like Betty Wrong. So what about the lyrics? Yeah. It's so catchy, but so. Well, it, it, except it is essentially a love song. It is a love song, but it's a really dark love song. Like, yeah. It's like Dashboard Confessional 15 years before Dashboard Confessional. Just like that like, love song that's like so melodramatic and sad. Oh, life will be over. Nothing's going to matter. It's, yeah, it's a, a romantic gesture for really sad, miserable people. It's not like miserable, but it's, uh, it's like it's pretty pessimistic. It's pretty, I don't know, nihilistic. Yeah. Um, I love you, but what's the point? <laughs> we all come in alone we all leave alone yeah kind of it's kind of like that but it's also a little bit more more hopeful more optimistic because uh no it's it's basically just like that it's, yeah it's pretty it's pretty dark yeah it's like everyone entered into an agreement when 1990 rolled around like okay we can't have any songs that are straight up romantic we have everything has to have a really moody downturn this yeah this is a very moody song yeah, try as I might, I, it's really hard for me to like parse these lyrics. Like, what what is the comb? The kiss of the comb tears my face from the bone. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm just being too literal, and I'm just picturing like him combing the skin off his face. Like that's that. Yeah, that's kind of what I saw too. Yeah, but why? Uh-huh. Why? Why is that the image? <laughs> but yeah, there's this uh, sort of apocalyptic imagery: the sun, all the lambs dying in the field. Um, yeah, the end of humanity, but love will conquer all. Love Not really conquer, conquer all. Love, love, love will hold you over until love will be vanquished with the rest of humanity. Yeah, but at least it's there, so it is hopeful. Yeah, it's an optimistic song. It's it's optimiserable. So this was um, part of the uh, the soundtrack for the nineteen ninety Australian movie The Cross. Oh, maybe that's why I didn't see it. It's Australian. It's, just, it's Australian. Okay. That's why I had no familiarity with it. Um, and in this... Because nobody's ever seen an Australian movie. 
who lives in the U.S. No. We, we will watch movies that are characters of Australia, but we will not actually see Australian movies. Or as far movies. as I know, they literally all of them have Paul Hogan in them, right? They're just, yeah. It's all just different versions of Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. Um, that's, not a, that's not a speedster. <laughs> this is a speedster. <laughs> you run Barter Town. <laughs> I run Barter Town. <laughs> So this was um, the first song that everyone heard, basically the first song to come out off of Tim Machine 2, everyone's first taste of it, which again probably made, made everyone think, oh, this is going to be like a more commercial Tin Machine 2. Yeah, this, is, this, this does sound more commercial yeah. than you know, the, ten, the first album. Yeah, but then like the next, the next single, I believe, was Baby Universal, right? Is that right? I, don't I know, it was a single. I don't have the timeline straight. I don't remember anything chronologically. I can pull anymore. it up on. <laughs> if it's not alphabetical, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. That's why we're doing this whole thing. Uh, singles. I used to live in the world of time. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, what an odd representation this song must have given. And then if your next introduction to this album is Baby Universal, and you just don't know what to think anymore. I mean, the thing, the thing is, this was recorded for the Tin Machine 1 sessions oh yeah this was it was it was part of that whole that the recording sessions for that first album they recorded like 35 songs like enough for two or three albums but then anyway so it's it's more commercial sounding it is more commercial sounding uh which is ironic because it is it is from those first like really loud clangy tin machine sessions i think they did some overdubs on it like the the soundtrack version doesn't have the saxophone right right it's, it's got a little bit of a weaker sound to it. They beefed it up for the album. Gave it that Tim Palmer beef. So, yeah. Yeah. Betty Wrong. Betty Wrong. Name is a play on uh, the name of uh, Betty White? Betty Wright? Sorry, not Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't going to say I... Everything is about Betty White. Everything is really about Betty oh, White. Oh, God, I'm worried about Betty White. Don't, don't jinx it, please. I'm, just, I'm worried about literally everyone right now. I'm walking on eggshells. I'm walking on eggshells. Don't want to name anybody. <laughs> yeah. Every time I see a band is talking about going on tour or releasing an album, and the first thing I see is their name, my heart stops for a second until I read the rest of the sentence. Yeah. Anyway, it's play on Betty Wright. Betty Wright, famous R&B singer. Uh, why did they choose to name it after Betty Wright? No idea. But it's a pun. It's, it's a pun. Everybody loves a good pun. Yeah. David Bowie's just being cheeky again. Yeah. Anything else about Betty Wrong? Just that it, it it makes me more open to the rest of Tin Machine too. I'm gonna I'm gonna finally give it a good. Is this still your just digest. the second song that you or the how many songs? Yeah, I haven't really listened to a ton of Tin Machine too. Oh, because it's not on Spotify. It's no, harder, that's it's the harder hard to thing. find. Yeah, the ones that are on Spotify, I'll, like you know, I'll just listen to the whole album usually. Yeah, yeah the ones that are only on YouTube, like I'll just kind of watch clips here and there on. Yeah, I'll I'll ha I have to lend you a copy of this. So you can hear it in context. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to listen to it in context. I'll lend you a copy of it so that you can reprogram your CD player to play them in alphabetical order. Yes. Uh, that's, that's the only way to listen to it. It's the only way to listen to David Bowie. It's why I sit there and I just like move the arm around on my record player until I hit the right song in alphabetical <laughs> order. What you got to do is take a marker, a kind of a, a white marker or a piece of chalk or something, and then put write down the names or... Put numbers or so, not numbers, yeah. but letters. Color code the grooves and just yeah. have like my key 
hanging up behind the record player. Yeah, the legend. Yeah. A future legend. Um, so that you can remind yourself where to put the needle. Yeah. yeah. This is actually the way it was intended. This is how David Bowie wants me to listen to this record. Yeah. You also have to flip the record. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a very interactive experience. <laughs> David Bowie was ahead of the curve. He really was. He invented CD-ROM before there was even a CD. Mm -hmm. Well, if uh, if nothing more about Betty Wrong, uh, let's move on to ratings. Yeah, let's rate Betty Wrong. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give this song three messages of optimisery. Um, I would also give this three messages of optimisery. It's a good solid blues rock number. Yeah. With a Cool hooky chorus. It's really good. Yeah, and I don't I don't ever skip it. I've actually put this on. I've boiled down all of Tin Machine into the best songs that would fit onto one CD to play in the car, and this one made the cut. Betty Wrong made the cut. It's it is one of the best half of the Tin Machine songs. To put it that way. So now I really like when I see Tin Machine pop up on on the list. I don't know what to think because I've. Some really, I guess I I would say at this point I'm more I lean more towards liking Tin Machine because I really liked Amazing, I really like this song, I really liked Amlapura. Oh, so I dream of Amlapura. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day I am I am on board with Tin Machine. Tin Machine was a good band. Yeah, they were. It would appear underappreciated, pretentious but good. Yes, pretentious and good. Well. Um, now we have ourselves back in this sticky situation of trying to find a transition to Bewley Brothers. So, just stop us if this sounds familiar, but next week, <laughs> our next episode, I hear Betty Wrong's been hanging out with them Bewley Brothers. Oh. You <laughs> make it sound like the, uh... Those Duke boys. Those Duke boys. Them Duke boys. Them, those Bewley Brothers. Pause. The... the <laughs> The general Lee is like <laughs> <laughs> ramping. It's it's like midair. Yeah, doing the whole ramp thing. Got some good banjo music. Well, I don't know yeah. how them Bewley brothers are gonna get out of this one. <laughs> uh, so join us on Wednesday for Bewley Brothers. Until then, you can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. We're from A to Ziggy. From A to Ziggy is our website. You can leave a message on the page for this episode. What did you think of Betty Wrong? Let us know if you want to be a guest on uh, your favorite David Bowie podcast that talks about his songs in alphabetical order. Send us an email, podcast at fromadaziggy.com. Until then, thank you, Travis. <laughs> thank you, Thomas. Yeah, still have a good sign off. Um, it, you know, it just doesn't matter at all. It doesn't, it, yes. It'd be like, let's say something happened to Jay-Z, tragically, and then... I don't know, Travis. This has been a bad year. Let's not jinx it. Oh, man. I'm just knocking on wood for Jay-Z. All right. Hang in there, Jay's. This is going to be so bad. Oh, my God. I hope this doesn't be... Oh, 2016, you're the worst. Okay. So let's say... Maybe I should pick someone I don't like then. Pick let's someone say, that's already dead. Let's say Kid Rock dies. I don't know who would be Beyonce in this situation. 
And you think of someone terrible who's got a famous singing wife. Let's say Blake Shelton dies. 